Hello, dear listeners and YouTube viewers. Hi for all people that are learning more information about data. Hope everything is fine. And let's start our brand new podcast that is called Coding Invaders Podcast, in which we share with you beautiful stories of successful people who have decided to connect their life with data. This podcast is perfect for people who would like to enter the data analytics or data science world and are afraid of making a first step. We invite bright minds that made a tremendous career in data science from India and ask them questions about their work, life, and attitude. My name is Raman Kumar Vyas. I'm Chief Marketing Officer of Coding Innovators, an online educational platform that teaches people data analysis and data science from scratch. Dear listeners, please leave your reviews on the platforms where you are listening to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. This will help us to get higher ranking and more people will be able to listen to our interviews. We do this for you and we want to bring you maximum benefit. If you have any questions about data, IT career to our guests, please send us your questions in audio format and we will ask the most interesting of them on our podcast. Send your questions to info at the rate of codinginvaders.com. So now let me introduce you guys to Shrikan Gopalakrishnan, who works at Senior Data Scientist at Onjil and has five years of data science experience. Shrikan has helped us very much with our educational webinar uh, where he has shown how to make a recommendation model. Dear Shrikan, happy to see you again. How you are doing? Would you be so kind to say a few words about yourself to our listeners before we start the interview? Definitely. Thank you, Roman. Thanks for having me here. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure to be back again. Hi, viewers. My name is Srikant Gopalakrishnan, and I work for Ongil in based out of Chennai. So for someone who doesn't know what Ongil is, Ongil means dolphin in Tamil. Uh, so we are uh, an organization which helps enterprises to make decisions under uncertainty. And about myself, I come from a different background, though. I come from a mechanics, aeronautics, fracture mechanics, and then material science background who transitioned to data science, and here I am. Cool. Why data? Why did you choose this path for you? I came back to India after unsuccessful PhD stint in aeronautics department in Purdue. So I was actually looking for materials, modeling, crystal plasticity, finite elements, positions in India, uh, jargon alert. But mm -hmm. uh, serendipitously, I ended up in data science. But having said that, my academic formal education had a lot of math uh, uh, and numerics and some programming. And uh, so transitioning to data was pretty interesting. So what uh, triggered you? What uh, was the turning point? Uh, the best decision, of course, yeah. So the data wave is still very much alive and to be a part of it and contributing feels uh, amazing. And then the trigger point, uh, actually, I started to work on a cricket modeling problem. So I learned about the aspects of uh, the data science life cycle and how, what, are the, what are the features, what are the steps involved. And actually, that fascinated me because obviously, growing up in India, cricket is everyone's favorite game and uh, I had a chance to learn uh, this very nice upcoming field with something uh, I could relate to so where I know if something makes sense or not. 
and i felt okay why not make it as a career and uh, i think that was the trigger point so oh. and, and now looking back it was a beautiful journey Oh, amazing how your love to cricket uh, has pushed you to learn more data. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Why does data matter so much now? Uh, when this has happened? Uh, when everybody came crazy about data? Actually, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, I'm sure most of you will, must have heard of the buzzwords like AI, machine learning, deep learning, and uh, currently the next hype is reinforcement learning. But if I tell you, what if I tell you that uh, the first neural network from Mekolek and Pitt came in the year 1943. Wow. And uh, there is a very famous uh, an article, a paper from Future of Data Analysis by Tukey. That was in 1960s, I believe. And mm -hmm. in 1997 itself, there was a debate between statistics and data science. So you ask me, okay, so this, so I think the field has been existing for 80 odd years. Then what, what has triggered this new buzz One, obviously, the computational power has increased enormously. So uh, what looked improbable, what looked like, okay, unless I have some reasonable computing power, nothing can be done. So from this, we've crossed this barrier from bytes, megabytes, terabytes, petabytes. And I think now uh, we are looking at exascale computing. Mm -hmm. So I think that this power of computational resources and Accordingly, personally, for someone who's working at various verticals, the most uh, impressive factor is uh, organizations have, have believed and adopted this data revolution. And the striking aspect, according to me, is even this traditionally orthodox verticals like manufacturing and uh, pharma, and they have adopted this quite beautifully. And in fact, uh, uh, it's, it's the other way around. One of the challenging and most fascinating problems comes from these domains. So overall, the computational power and major factor is that industries have welcomed this revolution and have moved towards data-driven decisions. So I think that has triggered this data revolution uh, enormously. And I think it's, it's not going to stop because there is so much to do and uh, a lot of important, interesting insights are all dependent on data. And I guess that the most epic things that uh, have been made using data were in uh, uh, pharma, medtech, and in uh, social networks. Or are there any epic things that have been made using data? Uh, definitely. Uh, so, for instance, uh, the elections, I mean, uh, ah, the yeah, impact of, of elections with, with the data, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously the fascinating aspects like self-driving cars, and uh, even the energy sectors. And so recently, Google's DeepMind have released the latest algorithm that helps, uh, I mean, the relative to the protein structure. And of course, COVID, for instance. So uh, we, we all live yeah. in this pandemic world. And uh, the coming forward, uh, the bridge between data and the drug discovery, I think that's, that's already fascinating, which is helping human mankind. And uh, of course, the good comes with the bad. So you have all these issues of data privacy and uh, the data ethical aspects and the cybersecurity is in high demand than ever before. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Is it real that there is so much data in the world? How do you think that it will take almost eternity to analyze it all? Um, uh, actually, there is this uh, constant uh, arguments between the statisticians and the data scientists. So obviously statisticians work with small data and uh, the buzz of big data 
has taken over the the data science uh, community so if you ask of course given so much data is it helpful versus not having so much data uh, which is better of course on one end having much data is, is of course beneficial but just because we have enough data that we can make decisions uh, may not be entirely true okay okay so um let me then um go forward and ask questions about you as a, a senior data scientist about your job why are you doing so well i think you have like very good and very successful work experience and you are a real professional but what do you think what is your main superpower why are you doing so well partly i've i've seen a lot of fields uh, during even during my academic background so so mechanics to material science to aeronautics is itself diverse in its own uh, functionalities and uh, that actually really helped uh, a lot because in data science the domain also plays a very important role so the problem that you solve in e-commerce versus the pharma and uh, let's say health i mean pharma or healthcare versus the technology or uh, in the core fields like manufacturing procurement there are a lot of diverse aspect in each of these verticals but the beauty is what works in i mean you can take something that worked in an e-commerce setting to to solve a similar problem in a pharma setting i mean i i can appreciate the level of uh, the domain that is involved as well as take one aspect what i solved in one aspect of a domain i can take the same methodology or working to another domain i think this makes it really interesting and uh, if you can relate two fields and if you can relate the problem aspects it it's, it's a, itself is a beautiful way you approach a problem and uh, there are a lot of possibilities so mm-hmm. i think that excites me and uh, that, that's something i already do so i think that is a most special part of my journey so oh, impressive impressive thank you what does your day look like as of this morning what is your daily routine <laughs> as data scientist person the, the best part is uh, no two days are alike i sleep with a great accomplishment on a monday i wake up on tuesday knowing nothing so <laughs> uh, which which is challenging and which, i think it it's makes it more and more interesting as well so uh, for instance i might be involved in data cleansing or uh, sourcing data or working with uh, uh, various forms of data also say for instance one day i might be looking at a text data then an image data or a video or uh an external uh, policy government policies so news articles for instance so i might be looking at various forms of data and uh let's say partly i do data cleansing and then i uh, try to adopt to a model and then one day i might be presenting an insight which helps in making decisions so i think the the, the combination of all the three comes at the core and hence no two days look like the same and what are the things you like best about your job what is your most lovely part of your job the best part is as a data scientist or a data analyst uh, you are likely to be involving in a lot of codes and uh, you're likely to be building models all that is great but for me the best part is when i have a piece of data and if it's a tough problem to be cracked i like writing down i like interacting with the data observe the data for a long long time so then i will somehow get figure out okay there might be a pattern which just by human i mean i can i take a sample of the entire population for instance if i have a lot of data i take a small subset 
then i look at it i write down i see if there is any pa- patterns so handwriting the data is itself i think it's the most important part i i really like that part it's actually quite contrary to uh, what is perceived as what you do but in my opinion this is very very important the relationship between shrikanth and the data uh, is is very important uh, that helps me in the subsequent stages of cleaning the data for example or even modeling the data and then finally presenting an insight of what works versus what doesn't work would it be so kind to explain to our listeners who don't know what is cleaning the data what does it look like or what is it for instance let's take an example of amazon for example so let's say you're you're seeing a mobile phone and you're trying to analyze okay you want to buy iphone 12 and you're trying to see the price of uh, iphone 12 over a period of time and uh, let's say you have it in your local system of how has it sold so across amazon flipkart or any other e-commerce vendor so obviously the the data doesn't look in the most convenient form because you'll have a currency attached to it or you'll have some special characters or uh, you'll have some unwanted text itself uh, so this itself i mean so you'll have to make sure you eliminate and if you fix a number that you're looking for it should be a number it should not be a string and vice versa if it's a string that you're looking for it should not have any emojis or special characters deciding what to clean itself so there is a lot of writing down and then having uh, removing uh, all these unwanted aspects is very nascent stage of cleaning and uh, um what are the things you don't like in your job Um yeah so for instance sometimes you do something and then it may not work you'll have to go back again and do the same thing again with slightly different with a different mindset sometimes when you're too deep into it and you figured out that okay you've gone wrong you'll have to come out of it and then probably just practice mindfulness and then come back to the same problem again so that shift of perspective is tough interesting and boring so i think it's 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 all linked together So there'll be a stage when it's beautiful i mean it's so interesting and then there'll be a stage which is challenging but you still go for it you you are you have the perseverance there'll be a stage where it's really boring and annoying because people uh started believing that okay stick on this practice problem and then you yourself feel that okay i'm not yet there yet so that part is slightly frustrating or boring and then finally you come to a stage where everything combines and you solve the problem the eureka moment arrives Ah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> How would you explain uh, what you do to grandmother or to uh, an old person? Uh for example, when I'm trying to explain what is digital marketing to my grandmother, I usually take a paper magazine, find an advertising and say to her that uh, okay, I do the same but in the internet. Uh interestingly, I have this conversations very frequently with my mother wow. because she's completely disconnected she's someone who doesn't use even a credit card and she believes withdrawing cash and using the cash because she feels that i need to have the touch in order to operate so that i can feel what is going and what is at hand so for someone like her explaining a digital revolution for instance i i end up saying don't do this payment by hand just do whatsapp or just do an amazon pay or google pay she doesn't accept that so for, for her if i'm going to explain in a very very elegant manner i'll have to tell her that you see companies take decisions in this manner probably it's not the best way because you have some proof of concept that it doesn't work this way 
and um, immediately she comes up and asks uh, okay don't they know this why is it that you have to tell them that's actually a very tricky question so let's say if it's a if it's one of the biggest organizations and they are trying to solve something the specific insight of a problem might be missing and that is where a startup and a smaller organizations come up and uh, join hands with a bigger organization so uh in order to tell this and convey this in a way that she understands is actually tricky so in fact i am i am a passionate teacher as well i love the feynman's techniques like if you can explain a concept to a kid mm-hmm. probably you have learned it well and you are a master of that so yeah i split the the entire big picture into smaller granular parts and when i explain i think uh, one even i get a clear understanding and two she might be able to appreciate and if she's not appreciating that's a red signal for me that i've made a mess out of it so basically data scientists help uh, businesses to make the right decisions absolutely yeah that that will help them to earn more or to uh, save tons of money yeah probably right is may or may not be the appropriate word optimal decisions but what do you think is it a stressful uh, job how do you deal with uh, with the stress if it appears in your work um at times yes uh, because uh, see so people have started believing that this works so i mean this this entire data revolution and uh, because i have personally seen people who have not touched data at all they feel that okay this is magic i'm sure you will get value out of this magic imagine the trust they have and the belief they have you as a practitioner uh, is somehow responsible enough to to make this a belief stay alive uh, partly it is of course it is true that this is this is a very very nice revolution that we are part of it. but to be in that hype cycle and uh, contribute and make organizations trust your decisions as well so i think that is the stressful part I mean I work for a startup so the the expectations and the turnover time is actually pretty quick and it's sometimes astonishing for myself actually I when I look back if you see or I mean my entire team uh, if I take and mention the big names Ajit uh, Shiva Gopal Ranjit uh, Rohit so these it's, it's a SKG so this is a very small team but the manner in which we contribute is actually amazing I mean if I look at it in a very short span of time in a week I get frustrated but when i look at it like 5 to 6 months uh what we've achieved is actually alarming it's it's huge uh, that's at least we uh, we can perceive that so obviously that the, the expectations and the turnaround time is is short because we challenge ourselves every week so this becomes a stressful part but it is rewarded it's rewarded definitely. yeah yeah it's cool definitely. so not literally that you get exhausted and it's stressful not in a literal manner but uh, yeah i mean you when you're too much involved in the process it, it can be demanding at times you work um, with different types of businesses uh, what are the most common cases of business required in data science or data analytics in which cases a business usually hire data science manager or data analyst uh, what they um, would like to know about their business so what is like the most common case when you as a entrepreneur or when you as a, like um, a product manager decided to hire a data science team oh, definitely so for instance in, i mean the, the philosophy of ongil as a startup is to help enterprises make data driven decisions under uncertainty that to specifically with limited uh, data so we actually help uh, the cpg industries in in various stages from procurement to distribution 
to marketing so uh, at each stage the challenges for the uh, for the product client side or for the organizations who are looking for data driven solutions what can we do to enhance their value proposition i mean to enhance uh, what are they currently doing and what is it that they need to adopt in order to have a successful business going on what worked well in the past and what is it likely i mean the risk factor is also there right i mean what worked in the past may not be the, so for instance mm-hmm. the mantra that you take in the past i think that has completely changed during the covid times so uh, let's say you had 20 years of data about your organizations and your methodologies and your metrics and uh, your kpis everything has gone for a toss in a matter of 9 months so literally if i can put it in this way your 20 years of data is not worth anymore which means you literally don't have data or you have extremely small data you have to look in your future for uh, let's say for your probably your demand planning or to strategize your goals and for the functionality of your organizations itself now that is a big picture right i mean your internal data is no longer uh, helping you the scenario has completely changed yet you need to keep moving forward and uh, you need this revolution helping you and now from in fact Uh, if i can pose it this way that we've moved from big data to small data of course big data is useful but small data is also extremely important because you'll have to make a decision mm-hmm. i think that is where a data scientist or a data team is is extremely important i think uh, irrespective of the industry it has become part of their work culture itself okay great thank you and uh, now what was the most interesting case or task you had from your client yeah so precisely this for instance they want to plan for something and the prob- biggest problem is they don't have the internal data they are not sure of what is required in order to make a strategic or an organizational decision or an operational decision in the next quarter or in the next few years in the next coming year so this could be in 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 the form of a product innovation or this could be from a marketing perspective uh, because the marketing spend has completely changed pre covid post covid so i think we are completely in two eras now so all your spends and your planning has completely changed so you, you cannot rely on your internal data so that's where we come into the picture where we use demographic data uh, other forms of data like uh, like banking data external data sources and then we combine in our proprietary tool in order to make an optimal decisions for organizations um, i mean i'm still mentioning it in a very high level but if you drill down to the specifics i mean there is a lot of possibilities and how you use it and uh, what goes into it the algorithmic aspects so i think this uh, is itself a very common problem that uh, and the best part is uh, this is across verticals so organizations do want an an answer up, away from their internal existing database okay well a few more questions about your uh, work how do you think how does your career have to work out for you to be satisfied what is your career goals so currently i work as a hands on data science guy who serves as a bridge between the the way forward is of course uh, data science not a manager per se but someone who this is my aspiration of course to so someone who wants to uh, so to be at the forefront of data driven decisions plus using the tools where your culture your entire work culture has data in its methodologies and someone who can effortlessly 
translate because most of the cases uh, it's it's about understanding the domain and understanding uh, what might work and then which is a worthwhile problem to solve and then translating the problem to a data science problem and building newer products and launching and then giving specific insights in turn to the organization and i think i've missed i missed the most important part deploying your data driven solutions right mm-hmm. i think given the amount of data that you deal with and given the requirement of having to make a decision real time or near real time this is a very challenging task of deploying or maintaining your data or sourcing a streamed data so say let's say improving your models automatically so i sure. think uh, the ml ops and ai ops is itself a huge challenge i think i aspire to be someone who's at the forefront of both the management plus the data life cycle. Okay, I wish you all the best on this uh, very complicated path. When did you realize you were successful in data science? When you come from an academic background, uh, understanding a domain is extremely difficult because for instance, uh, this term SKU which means uh, stock keeping unit. I think it's very common across verticals. Mm-hmm. And uh, in- initially I had someone mentioning it as okay, how do you rate this SKU? I was like, what is SKU? Is it SKE, uh, SKEW, or SKU? Uh, this person assumed that I knew what an SKU is before, and he had a thirty-minute conversation. So from there, and now, if I I can uh, I can confidently say I can relate to the business aspects and to the jargon terms. Uh, for instance, Ajit mentioned uh, my CEO. He was mentioning uh, you know bow situation. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, what is bow? So he said it's business as usual situation. Okay, good new terminology alert. So, I mean, it, it's bad to use jargons sometimes, but I think uh, in in places where you ought to use the the measure that you take when to use uh, a jargon, when to not use a jargon, and understanding different domains effortlessly. I think uh, I've come across a progress. Still a long, long, long way to go. But uh, any industry, I take it with uh, two hands. It's a beautiful challenge. So let's say tomorrow, if I'm working for an in- insurance industry, which could be likely or not likely, mm-hmm. I would embrace uh, the problems. I would love to dig deep into their uh, domain and understand the domain because that helps me a lot uh, while taking a decision. So I think yeah, this is the progression from being uh, absolutely null or even negative. in terms of domain adaptation to someone who can effortlessly uh, work with different domains that is a strength okay okay so uh, was it the toughest challenge uh, you had or maybe there is another cases for instance uh, you have numerous columns with so many names you don't know whether to keep certain columns or to throw away certain columns because some will have a domain relevance to it and some will absolutely be just a useless column or you just mm-hmm. use this name attached to the data there be scenarios where you can throw away some unwanted columns and your model works like wonder but it, it so happens that your unwanted columns might be uh, domain relevant so what you threw away is actually important uh, at the end of the day but your model says something else your model says okay you throw all these i'll give you a good result but the problem is the domain expert will say no 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 i don't uh, this is most important you make some decision with this uh, these factors So mm-hmm. I think uh, handling such challenges is itself, uh, and again, so the first thing I, I work with toy problems uh, at the start, and suddenly you are confronted with a terabyte level of data. 
i didn't know how to handle it literally don't know where to how to even load the data how to even see what the data is like so what helped you then so what was the decision to learn some bit of data engineering see again so these roles overlap again the working on silos is no longer the case mm-hmm. uh, i think we should have a separate question and answer for that where uh, what should the, the way forward for data professionals this fancy names of data analyst data scientist and uh, business analyst business intelligence and domain experts so working in silos may not work all the time Uh, i realized this and uh, see i need to understand some levels of let's say slicing your data or storing your data in smaller parts and then you can group your data when you want or uh, using the database or using mm-hmm. a cloud infrastructure and uh, how to handle or in fact as simple as handling the, the file itself see I, uh, when i started i just knew there is something called csv there is something called xlx excel file that's it but mm-hmm. uh, it so happens that there are a lot of uh, nice interesting formats that you can you can handle for instance if it's an image data so there is something uh, the, the byte format you can uh, you can store the data in a certain format if it's a it's a huge file probably you can use uh, hdfs format instead of a csv and instead of pandas which is like uh, again a jargon alert which is something a library in python you can use something slightly different or explore aspects of dask or numba or uh, where we can hopefully get a parallelized framework. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing this uh, personal story to our listeners. Let's go to questions about how to learn and how to find a job in the data analytics and data science uh, world. In coding invaders, we believe that the data analysis is the first step to enter the data science world. So uh, you can learn data analytics profession i mean you can enter the course finish it then you need like to work a year or a sort of that uh, as a data analytic and then you can um transition to data scientist uh, yes yes then you can also learn a kind of python kind of you need to go deep into math and after that you can become a data scientist am i right partly yes partly may not be the case uh, of course it's there's no hard and fast rule here because mm-hmm. uh, as i say i mean um, there's no i mean there's no silos i mean you can't work in silos so you need to understand the different facets of first the business of course and then the facets of data somebody needs to be in so let's say if, if i'm a data scientist i need to look at my left and my right uh, onto my left is a data analyst onto my right probably is uh, the visualization and insight generation and then similarly uh, probably it's, it's not a left and right it's a circular form where a data analyst is also uh, someone who who should look at the business and then understands little bit of data science what goes in as a model and let's say if a data analyst understands what goes into a model probably he can store or uh, clean prepare the data in a way that will very much helpful for the data scientist mm-hmm. so i think it goes hand in hand okay so cool. and and likewise if you understand the data analyst role probably you are not so harsh in uh, asking the analyst of uh, okay i want this 1 terabyte of data from july 2001 to july 2020 so probably you would you will be more uh, literate enough in asking uh, in a in a way that you uh, that is easier for him mm-hmm. and it's easier for you to process so Yeah. So so it is very helpful actually for a data scientist to have a data analysis background. Correct. Yeah, yeah cool. Definitely. 
So how much uh, do they earn? We are not looking for some statistics data just from your side. How much does a fresher analyst earn? Uh, of course, I can split it into two. Uh, one for a, okay, probably a product-based or a service-based company and a bigger organization versus mm -hmm. a startup. So given these two splits, I think uh, it, it, it's slightly differing. But on an average, it could be anywhere between, uh, say, six and seven lakhs per annum, depending on mm -hmm. the role and the problem that you're solving. What is it that you have as a skill as well? I think that also matters a lot. Okay. And what about experienced analysts? Uh, I mean, with two or three years of experience? See, honestly, the, the good part of this field is it, it's no longer like this conventional workflow where you are in band one, band two, band three, and it takes eternally to go to band 20, assuming that band 20 is your maximum level. So contrary to that, it's about uh, how well you understand this entire field and how well you can contribute and how confident are you in upskilling yourself as well as understand the different other aspects like business. So once you are adept at this, I think uh, uh, in, in a matter of time, it's just a matter of time that you can really, really upscale your career in an exponential manner rather than a linear fashion. Uh, mm -hmm. I would say from a starter, so it could be a two to three year experienced analyst or a six to seven year experienced analyst. The salary gap could be very small or very large. So I think uh -huh. it all depends on the perspective as well. So the good part is if you start at six to seven, for example, you mm -hmm. can go to 20 or 22 in relatively quicker manner. That doesn't, of course, it doesn't put down the other fields, but this is relatively possible because once you understand the know-hows of this field, uh, it's very likely to have a bigger salary range in no time. And you can keep progressing. And I think India has come across a long, long way. Because, see, at the end of the day, unless someone supports and gives a nod for this entire data revolution, nothing's going to happen. So I think everybody is coming forward, like the organization, the government policies and uh, the, the support that you get. So the entire ecosystem is, is supportive and conducive for you to progress in this field. I think that is the most encouraging part that uh, if, if somebody is looking forward to taking this as a career, the signals are all green, so just like your background. Okay. And what about fresh scientists and experienced scientists? Uh, you mean the salary? Yeah, the salary. Yeah, the salary per annum. Oh, yeah. So uh, again, pressure, it, it can range from... It's, it's not like uh, an analyst draws a lesser salary uh -huh. and, the, and the data scientist draws a higher salary. It, it's not like a linear fashion where an analyst should progress to a data scientist and then okay. a data scientist to progress. So as I said, it goes hand in hand, but it's, it's quite similar. So a six to seven black person can quickly jump to a 13, 14 uh, mm -hmm. in a short span of time and uh, also quickly go up to 20 and 23 uh, if it's uh, a mid-senior level. And then a senior level to experience expert level. I know people drawing a salary of 60 to 70 as well. It's, it's not unlikely, but of course, the trajectory is not straightforward, but it's not unlikely. Definitely not unlikely. And that, I mean, in India, when in this possibility is likely, this, this, the potential is enormous here. I would confidently vouch for that. Uh, the Indian data science market is uh, just amazing. If you see, I mean, just look at the number of unicorns uh, people. I mean, as you, you see the Paytms and uh, the bio. I mean, there are a lot of unicorns listed in the last uh, three to four years. 
Yes, it's uh, really amazing. It means a $100 billion industry. I think this is a testament to the enormous potential that we have in India. So I think the curve is just going to be exponential, um, if not linear. So we are definitely on the positive things, scheme of things. Am I right that uh, there is no difficulty uh, in finding a job in the data analytics world right now, world, I mean, uh, in India? I wouldn't say there's no difficulty, but uh, uh, of course, after this COVID situation, the hiring is back to normal. So if you see a recent uh, ET Economic Times survey, uh, the, the hiring levels are back to normal. And the most beautiful part is uh, the fresher hiring is again back to normal, which means pressures are at a uh, demand than ever before. So in terms of that, of course, uh, it, it's likely to that you end up on a good job in relatively better span of time compared to what it was six to seven months back. But uh, definitely the possibilities are enormous, right? Because as I keep saying, any every vertical has embraced this. So, I mean, you can work for a core data science company per se, or you can work for an organization that has a data strategy. So uh, all the health, big healthcare and the big four management consultants in themselves and the data science organizations themselves. And uh, you take any industry, even a manufacturing So they all have this data cell. So I think in looking into that scheme of things, it's, it's, it's very bright. So the scope is enormous now. What are uh, top industries that require data analysts uh, or data science skills and uh, hiring right now? Okay, so from an India ecosystem, I think the SaaS is, I mean, India is leading uh, the world in terms of the number of SaaS startups, software as a service. You take the Freshworks or Zoho, And a lot of budding startups coming and uh, they're making it big. And uh, the mobility organizations and the manufacturing, of course, healthcare, I think it needless mm-hmm. to say, because they've just embraced this data revolution. So I think just to understand the business problem, looking into their own point of view, their own data, and then setting up a team and then expanding it, you see it, right? I mean, it's, it's possibilities enormous. Insurance industry, yeah, I think. You've seen a lot of wide varieties of insurance industries coming up. And then banking, of course, technology companies per, per se. But, I mean, initially, I think the bank companies, apart from the bank, which is Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, apart from them, uh, the product-based companies as well. So, in fact, agricultural startup, agri-based startups. And then uh, there are organizations that uh, specifically use the let's say, specific type of data, for example, spatial data, satellite data, even government, in fact, uh, working for the government in the data cell itself is fetching you good rewards. Imagine that. So, which means I think the uh, almost every industry is on a hiring spree for a data professional. Yeah, I think uh, there is a big opportunity in healthcare. Absolutely. Be- yeah. In fact, I'm struggling to find an industry which doesn't use a data. If you ask mm-hmm. me that question, uh, I'd be mute for some minutes and I will never uh, come back with an answer. Yeah, because every second, more than 100,000 analyses performed by medical guys, by doctors. And if you start to analyze all these data together, first of all, clean and, and, and analyze all these data, I think you can do like a tremendous progress uh, in healthcare, but there is so, so much work to do, actually, to make this dream come true. Absolutely. But, but still, yes, there are so much data in the world. So that's why the data analysis is uh, the top uh, required skill in the future and right now.
what is a perfect career track for a person who has just finished a data analytics course? What should um, they do? I would say uh, the best part is uh, the open source community is coming forward. So, for instance, you have all Facebook and uh, the big organizations and even startups. They are encouraging algorithms in an open space world, which means you can, and also data is available everywhere. So it's just up to us to use the right amount of data uh, and then the right algorithm to put to use. So GitHub is obviously a classical example of to showcase your uh, portfolio. For someone who's finished the course, I would suggest you can take, let's say, an industry of your choice, for example. And then could be a food industry, or I forgot this to mention the food industry. Of course, it's a huge. So you can take the food industry and the data is available online or outside and you're free to source the data. You can ask some relevant questions with the, the practice that you received and uh, with the framework that you have understood. And uh, you can answer these questions both from merely an EDA, which is an exploratory data analysis, or using some good models or in the, in the form of very nice visuals that tells a story. So storytelling is, is a very, very important tool that you can convey what you have as an insight to someone who doesn't understand uh, the nitty-gritty details of a model. Mm -hmm. So in short, for someone who's just out of a course or uh, a background with uh, data can explore, uh, uh, I mean, you can take a subset of a uh, broader problem and because the problem is out for you to explore. I mean, there's no dearth of data sets available. If you take the Kaggle, of course, it's, it's a great platform to explore and learn and uh, learn from others experts as well. Also, you can source your own data. You don't have to pay anything to even get or understand data. So uh -huh. I think that is a possibility. I mean, so you can learn with newer tools like uh, deploying or uh, handling a database. If it's an SQL or if it's a graph database or is it a Mongo database, you can take a data set which is available. It's, it's for you to just take it. And uh, you can try out all these various facets of uh, how do you store the data? How do you clean the data? You can write your own steps. So the, the good part again is there is no right or wrong here. I mean, there's no right mm -hmm. way, okay, this is the step that you need to follow. This is mm -hmm. step one, and this is step two. There's no right or wrong way. So that gives you a cushion of uh, using your imagination, creativity, and uh, your own interpretation to put to use. I think that's, that's beautiful. I mean, isn't that very nice that, let's say, I've been approaching a problem, and somebody else who's a fresher, he comes to me and approaches in a totally different way. He gives a new perspective. And this is possible. And this has happened. This is possible. And I think that's the beauty. So what stops you from hiring that person? Right. So amazing. <laughs> that's the potential. Okay. Okay. And one, one small note for our uh, unexperienced in uh, data uh, listeners. Uh, you mentioned Kaggle. Kaggle is actually the uh, like social network for data scientists and data analytics. It's a platform where you can compete with each other, where you can ask an advice, where you can test your skills, where you can, I think, even find a girlfriend right now <laughs> because it's so huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very cool and it's a very useful tool for data scientists and data analytics because there are so many data sets that you can just take from it and try to build a model based on it. So it's the biggest practical oriented like a uh, practical oriented tool that will help you to improve your skills rapidly just after you finished your courses exactly because the, the, the very nice part of Kaggle is you have all types of data 
and also you have big data and you also have very little amount of data and it's a messy data as well you can find data sets in both sides of the spectrum so what will you do when you have a huge data set at hand versus what will you do when you have a very small data set at hand and still be able to uh, bring some fresh perspectives and insights you can also add your own data to the existing data so i think uh, the possibilities is are amazing so for instance personally because i'm i'm a huge fan of numbers statistics from cricket so i like analyzing for example the best cricketer the best bowler the best batsman who did well in this particular tour of us so i mean cricket info is my favorite website i mean mm-hmm. at any point uh, cricket info will be in one of the tabs in my uh, laptop Uh, where i go to the stats guru and there's something called stats guru where you can source data and you can analyze a specific career trajectory of a person and then where has he failed and where has he clicked in fact you can uh, to be very honest you can even give uh, an advice to the best cricketer on where is he going wrong uh, just by you sitting at one place and analyzing his career graphs and uh, dismissals uh, for example yeah, the commentary is also present so let's say currently india's best batsman virat kohli at every innings at every tour and at every stage of his cricket innings for example if he plays in the beginning or in the middle overs or in the end overs or if it's a test match what kind of deliveries are troubling him what kind of deliveries he's going to be at ease and uh, which is the best line and length to bowl and which bowlers have troubled so all these questions you can merely ask and answer from cricket for itself and i think you will learn a lot from this so uh, you don't have to pay anything and uh, all you need is just a curiosity and uh, a laptop in front of you that's it yeah there was a movie uh, from the money us ball. i forgot i forgot actually the name yeah, the moneyball about the tra- about the trainer the who, who yes about the baseball who used yeah. data to tra- exactly yeah okay so moneyball moneyball yeah amazing yeah Yeah, so yeah and, and analytics in sports i think yeah. so i am very fascinated by that so mm-hmm. uh, luckily when my my see i mean ajit and uh, his professor i mean they, they are all cricket fanatics so it's great to at times chat about cricket and analyze this game and uh, what went right what went wrong and in fact you learn a lot i mean trust me as i've always been saying the best part about this job is uh, you can learn from something totally unrelated from cricket and you can apply a specific set or a, an algorithm or the way you approach a problem in your current domain so i think that is great it's really amazing shikant um when i'm talking to you and when i'm talking to uh, other respectful persons from data science world it seems that you are like extremely smart guys who is totally not eligible to become a data analyst because you know there are so many questions uh, from our potential students that uh, i don't know how to code i do not good uh, at mathematics i do not know statistics and so on would it be so kind to answer who is totally not eligible to become a data sure. analyst see uh, at the of course this is uh, an anybody's game if you are at it properly but at the same time See, for instance, uh, there is a Twitter thread that uh, had this quote: "A data scientist is someone who's better at statistics than any software engineer, and better at software engineering that than any statistician." Which means jack of all trades helps a lot. I mean, it's not that you can ignore some someone who's very practical, who who observes a lot, and uh, someone who's interested in even a small detail, attention to detail. I think that. Uh, see, I, I haven't mentioned any technical skills here. if you have been chat attention to detail some curiosity about insights and the happenings around i think this is generic 
I think this this is just to be a, a trait that anybody will or can have. So uh, it's completely devoid of any uh, technical skill. So on top of that, if you have this skill, because I have known uh, the best data science person I've ever known, uh, who's very very good at numbers. He's someone who didn't know coding at all. So mm-hmm. he he's someone who 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 didn't start to code at all. He just had a curiosity and uh, the penchant towards deriving some numbers and looking at some numbers, splitting uh, a bigger picture into small small chunks. Someone with that. mindset can definitely thrive he can thrive at any level here see I, there is a level of data mm-hmm. analysis or a data science or a business analyst or business intelligence at all levels this is very important but at some level he can thrive because there is an overlap it's just like a remote or a tune so some amount of technical stuff is required for data science professional or data scientist and some amount of business understanding is likely more needed for a business analyst or a business intelligence uh, professional or a dashboard designer but i think the root is the same you need this passion to detail and uh, willingness to use a note and a paper to write down what matters so for instance i'll always maintain a notebook and if you've seen i always have some numbers written so uh-huh. these numbers it's all manual numbers it doesn't make any sense at all it's in fact it's not contributing to your output but it's a great practice to write and see and observe a lot so patience is again a good trait to have and uh, this perseverance you might uh, take a uh, note of that i have not mentioned anything technical here to keep track of what's happening itself you need to have that uh, mindset and patience and perseverance you can't take everything but mm-hmm. at the same time you can't stop seeing the trends and what is interesting out there there is a really block for people who for example spends like 20 years of being like uh, drivers or uh, some offline job because there are so many people that would like to start their new life uh, entering uh, different digital professions and i think that they should remove these blocks because data analytics it's not like a surgery when you need to learn like six years to uh, become an intern Yes, data analytics is like the, the number of instructions, tools, and a bit of uh, mathematics uh, that can be learned even from uh, the 16-year-old guy. We have such cases. We have such cases, and please do not be afraid to learn. Only passion to learn is actually required exactly. to become the good data analytic guy. How do you stay on the cutting edge? Please tell us. What is your like educational routine, or what blogs uh, do uh, you usually read? And it's it's interesting and tire, tiring at times too so there are a lot of open source tools like i do i like papers with code uh, where you can follow the latest trends uh, in a specific topic mm-hmm. and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, modules that are released every day so for instance i follow tensorflow google's tensorflow pytorch from facebook uh-huh. and uh, every time every then and now there'll there'll be some new modifications and uh, blogs help a lot podcasts help a lot I mean, there's an overload of information that is, itself is like a uh, Twitter. I think it's it's helped me a lot. Twitter and LinkedIn, of course, it's because I try to skim through the news and I follow some people who who are very generous to post open source stuffs and about uh, new problem statements, new technologies, new modules, and new methodologies. Just keeping track of them in a Twitter thread, understanding the Twitter thread, and if you want to be more technical. of course you can follow the the conference is uh, i like data meetup uh, there's a youtube series and and then the new rips conference the icelr mm-hmm. conferences 
uh, numpy scipy conferences and uh, what's new in uh, geo side of things so i i like to uh, keep track of uh, both the tech side as well as the visualization side as well as the business side what are your top 3 favorite books that you can advise to our listeners maybe oh i like uh, thinking fast and slow it's a very interesting book from daniel daniel kahneman yeah. wow yeah so that's my favorite book actually so uh, i want to read it very slow and uh, it's, it's an amazing book and i sapiens is something that i really uh-huh. love, uh, uh noah harari from a data perspective of course the book of why from julia well i mean it's a great book about uh, uh, the models relationship causality what causes what so it will give you a new perspective uh, in fact this tuki's book itself on on the data visualization and the data eba yeah i think there's a book the eba uh, i think it was released in 1960s it, it's a great read actually because in that time the person having such clarity of thought and how do you visualize and without any tool per se i mean it's a wonderful read tech books of course i like uh, the pattern prml is an amazing book it's a pattern recognition and machine learning christoph uh, bishop some practical books also so so the deep learning books is interesting for jake vanterplas and i follow some people as well i mean they they are practitioners who have devoted a lot of time into releasing books on data visualization data analysis in python some cool pandas tricks so yeah so i think cool uh, I mean, cool. a lot of interesting stuff yeah our last question actually mm-hmm. what can you wish to our students or um what advice would you give to those who are just beginning their journey into analytics uh, the most important aspect is be patient i mean it's not like immediately you'll land up on a job or it's not like immediately working on a problem you'll get a solution or it's not like money comes to you quickly it might be demanding at times but uh, just like this uh, uh, digging oil uh, well right i mean you try for 6 hours uh, i mean i i'm huge fan of rahul dravid uh, probably this is the best story so rahul dravid is a great indian cricketer who was about to be selected in 1991 as a teenager for the indian cricket team and uh, he had to wait 5 years to get selected and um, had he lost the team and had he lost that way in that 5 years he wouldn't have i mean what i mean what we know as rahul dravid wouldn't have existed and in that 5 years he was extremely patient i mean he gave an example of the bamboo tree which takes enormous time to just grow a little bit and then once it grows from 20 odd feet to 200 feet in no time so i think that's that's the same philosophy that he can take it in our careers as well i mean not every thing that we do can be scalable and uh, not everything that we do brings immediate rewards so just be patient and there's a whole lot of information out there uh, but you need to just be conscious about what you're learning every day and how is it that you're improving i actually follow this 555 principle what may not matter today i'll ask this will it matter i mean for instance i'm i'm seeing something so seriously engrossed i'm reacting to a situation today mm-hmm. will it okay. matter in 5 days will it matter in 5 months will it matter in 5 years so i think the answer will be different Uh, i think the same way goes here as well i mean what you do today a loss or a frustration of not being able to make it big it might trouble you today yeah definitely will it trouble you in 5 days yeah definitely but uh, in 5 months maybe not and in 5 years definitely not i think uh, exactly with yeah. this uh, if you you can you'll also start to enjoy the process at the end of the day it, it's just something that you have a connection towards and you're doing it with uh, utmost interest and you're spending a lot of time so Uh, let's say you working on a job so you are awake 24 hours and out of that you awake 
fourteen hours, and you spend your bulk of your time uh, at least eight to nine hours in your job, which means uh, you need to absolutely enjoy that. In order to enjoy the process, of course, you'll be confronted with challenges, uh, blocks, uh, other external factors as well. But uh, I think we just have to cross it. And for someone in in this field. specifically in this field you know right uh, there'll be some a lot of tools released every day a lot of development that has every day, that that gets updated every day this imposter syndrome is very common the feeling of oh no i don't know this anything uh, will i even survive in this field uh, don't worry i mean everybody at some level will have this imposter syndrome but the key is understanding what you really want getting sufficient information is enough you don't need to explore the entire universe in order to feel uh, fulfilled sufficiently yeah. uh, incremental information i think if you can observe and uh, accumulate what is not perceivable in 5 days will be really perceivable in 6 months and that will uh, make a huge difference that's great that's great dear listeners our data enthusiasts If you are going to change your life and make a first step, join us on our course. We teach data analytics from scratch. No coding and no math skills are required. No age and education uh, restrictions. Only your passion to learn, just like Shikan just said. Use coding podcast promo code to receive an additional discount. See you on course and uh, please share your feedback. Send us an email to info at the rate of coding invaders. dot com send us your questions in audio format and we will ask the most interesting of them on our podcast and share your feedback and leave your reviews on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify or YouTube this will help us to get higher ranking and more people will be able to listen to our interviews and Shrikan thank you so much for your time and for your passion and for your wisdom that you share with our listeners we wish you all the best less stress more successful models that will help you and your customers to make a great decision in their businesses and please take care we uh, would be happy to uh, invite you to our next webinars and so on thank you so much rohan i mean, I, uh, i think roman you listen to me so patiently i think I mean, that's something really to be applauded thank you so much for you were having great. me here you were great yeah. <laughs> thank you the so much the wide range of questions and i think it's an art to be able to host an interview i think you did a great great job thank you so much i totally enjoyed because everything was spontaneous so amazing thank you so much for that and hopefully the viewers would enjoy it as well Yes and thanks to all listeners see you on the course and on our next episodes yes stay tuned bye 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 bye